Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day, for a new week ahead. And we thank you that you call each one of us to be with you. We thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made. Your word says it. And you daily load us every single of these days. Each one of those days, you load us with your benefits. You are ever willing to renew your mercy, ever willing to pour out your grace when we approach you in faith. Only faith brings that grace. And yet many of us wonder why when we sometimes are asking for something, maybe with a half-hearted approach, and there is no grace coming. Lord, what are we missing? We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with this gift of life and health. And we are here in your presence to worship you, to praise, and to give you glory and honor. To thank you, Father, for all the good that you have done in our lives and for bringing us back to you. We thank you, Lord. And we share that same peace and joy with all those that are part of this prayer meeting. We are part of this praying family. We share it with all those for whom we are praying this morning and those that have no one to pray for them. We share it also, Lord, with all those that are Christians and have not yet known, they don't have that personal experience of knowing you as a person. And all those that do not want to know you. And we fit somewhere in between as well, Lord. Depending on the hunger that we have, for that relationship with you. We ask for that grace for ourselves as well, Lord. That we might not be turned aside, that we might not be led or misled astray. But through your word and the light that you pour, the revelation that you show us, we come closer to you. And so, Father, we call on your name as we make our prayer this morning. The name of our maker, the great I am the Lord of Lords, the one who makes the parched land a pool of water and the thirsty land springs of water, the one who is our preserver, the God of hope, the God of peace, the God of patience, the God who is a consuming fire. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the one who taught us to have faith through whom grace was made available by his atonement that he paid for us. the cornerstone, the foundation of our Christian faith, the rock of ages. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the one who has made his tabernacle within our body, the one who heals our backsliding, the scepter of the king of kings, who now works with us to bring abundance into our life and walk us in your light into the kingdom. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with the gift of your word, the gift of your spirit, the gift of prayer. We thank you you have blessed us with the gift of angels and destiny helpers. You provide all our needs in accordance with your riches, spiritual and physical. When we press enough to come close to asking for it, and you said everyone that asks shall receive. Everyone that knocks and keeps on knocking, that door will be opened unto him. And when we seek, we shall find.
We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with everything that we need for our spiritual health as well. We thank you, Lord, that we are here in your presence. And we could have been anywhere else. Yet you draw us near every single day. You ignore all the times we seek to run away from you. And you bring us back and you keep pouring your mercy, your grace, more importantly, your love upon us. We thank you, Lord. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make by the precious blood of Jesus. We also cover everyone that is part of this prayer meeting, every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, all those we are praying for and Christians everywhere by that same precious blood that has won all victories. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. We command that angelic protection in the name of Jesus and in his name, I declare divine exemption from all these kinds of challenges in the lives of those whom you call by name, everyone that is part of this prayer group, Father. We also herald the power in our spoken word. As we proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of our mouths this day. And we declare that it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it, and we send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Today, I'd like to reflect on that one verse that we use so often in our prayer. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. But for context, I'd like us to take a few verses before, a couple of verses before and after. So we'll read from Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to 14. And it starts with, For thus says the Lord, When 70 years of exile have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you, I will inspect you, and keep my good promise to you, to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being, and not for disaster, plans to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me. And I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing. Now this is the amplified extension that I'm reading from. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and I will free you and gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. So these verses are often quoted in prayers of prosperity. 
God has plans to prosper us and give us an expected end. One of the common questions people then ask is then why am I suffering? So it doesn't actually stop there. The context in these verses was about Israel's exile or in captivity for 70 years under Babylon. That is what Jeremiah had prophesied. It was punishment for their idolatry and for their disobedience. And we see numerous such instances in the Old Testament. Every time the people got down into idolatry and disobedience, there was some form of captivity or punishment that did come back on them. And it's only when they repented that the Lord relented and turned back their captivity. And here as well, he's saying the same thing. So the first question actually is not why am I suffering? It is where did I mess up to end up on the wrong side of God's plan? If he has a plan, why am I not on that side? Why am I on the other? And then the next question should be, what is the solution? Here in these verses, the Lord is saying, when you have completed that time of punishment. Now, in their case, he spoke of 70 years and seven is generally a sign of completion. It's also a number of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, when you have completed that time in exile or in punishment, and I've hopefully understood, and then you turn to me and seek me. You look at verses 12 to 14. Then I'll bring you back to me. Let's examine them again. Verse 11 says he already has a plan and that plan is good because his people will prosper at the end of that plan when it is accomplished. But first, their captivity is complete. And then verse 12 says they will pray to him. Are we just grumbling on why am I suffering? Blaming God, blaming our neighbor, blaming our parents? Or are we looking at where was the gap? And God is saying here as well, in verse 12, they will pray to me. That is an expectation that they will come back. They will humble themselves. They will surrender. They will ask forgiveness for sin. And they will pray to him. Verse 13 goes a step further. He says, they will seek me with that deep longing in their heart. As though it is something really vital for their survival. Many of us that have often found major problems averted or turned around from our lives have come when we have got down to that stage of breaking down, surrendering to him and crying it out. When we empty ourselves completely before him and when we give him everything. A lot of times we only cry out and say, Lord, take away the problem from me, but we're not saying, Lord, forgive my sin. Where did I go wrong and how do I atone for it? I ask for mercy. We don't concentrate on that part of what did we mess up. But in these verses here, it says, it's only when, he, when you show commitment in seeking him that you will find him. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, not half-hearted. That seeking comes with that understanding.
you see God as a person. He said, when they seek me, more often than not, we're only seeking his hand. Lord, where is that benefit? I ask in my prayer for something to be done, something to be changed, problem to be solved, but I'm not seeking that problem solver. On who are you? I want to know you more. Here he's saying, when they seek me with all their heart, I will be found. And when that relationship with him starts, then he takes interest in all your problems. Psalm 51, 17 says, a humble and a broken heart, he will not despise. Are we using that principle in our prayer? And are we seeking him or are we just seeking his hand? Are we just seeking that our problems are taken away so we don't have to worry anymore? And then we forget about him. How often have we done that in our place of prayer? We need to go above and beyond that. And then you look at verse 14 closely. He says he will restore the fortunes. Everything that was stolen, he will bring it back. And he will bring his people also back to him. The connection of restoration is directly to or related to seeking him. It is not enough to quote Jeremiah 29 verse 11 and say, God has plans to prosper me, so all prosperity will come my way. Because that is his perfect plan. We need to stay within his plan. Remember, we are always given a choice. The last two days, we reflected on access and favor as well. That favor directly depends on that access. By knowing him, by seeking him here, we are creating that access for ourselves. And then when that favor comes, it brings restoration. Are we understanding and following that process? Restoration from being a prisoner to whatever problem had engulfed us, to whatever storms had drowned us, to freedom back to our own familiar circumstances. The prosperity he is speaking of is also spiritual prosperity, where we abide in him. He said, you shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and then you abide in me. You don't just seek me, get your problem solved and then say bye-bye, thank you. Where we abide in him, remember Jesus said, a branch that is cut off cannot survive. Only when we abide in him can there be continuity of that abundance. Rising above sin, soaring like an eagle above the clouds. That's what that favor, that restoration of fortune looks like, that the problems don't bother you anymore. So he brings exemption and he brings wisdom to fulfill his plans. That wisdom that gives us direction for the next steps that will avert them totally. That will raise us up above and beyond the level of where they can affect us. He didn't say there won't be problems. But remember in Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus said, I will always be with you. He also said through Paul, my grace is sufficient. 
It is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit that you shall overcome. We need to seek that spirit. Why is this passage significant here? When we read these few lines, it is because out of our ignorance, we may have also indulged in acts of idolatry, disobedience, and then ended up on that wrong side of Deuteronomy chapter 28, the curses side of things. And we wonder why are things going wrong? So many of us are suffering in similar punishments and for many years together, wondering when will that end? Nothing seems to be working. It's a yoke of slavery to poverty, to disaster, and we don't know the way out. God is showing us that way to turn around and seek him with all our heart. He says, I have a plan for you, but only if you are serious in seeking me. If it's only the material benefit you are seeking, then you are not ready yet. Your transformation has not occurred. Your renewal of mind has not occurred. So we need to seek his face, not his hand. And then when we are granted access, that restoration starts. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we understand this principle that you are teaching us here. That in all our captivity, in all our limitations, in all our problematic circumstances, in every way that we are yoked by any form of challenge that keeps us pressed to the ground in shame, in pain, in suffering. Help us open our eyes, Lord, and raise them up to you, to seek you, to come after you, and to come in your presence. To look for that relationship with you. So that when we then come within that light, and when we stay within that light, then darkness can never engulf us again. We ask for that edification in our spirit, Lord. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, especially those that are hospitalized, those that will undergo any kind of procedures this day. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing division and separation. Lord, what you have joined together, let no man and no spirit separate. Let your will be fulfilled and enforced in that family, in that life. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds as well, especially that of prayerlessness, ignorance of your word, your ways, your principles, your promises, the covenants that you have made for us through our father in faith, Abraham. Every yoke of poverty as well, Lord. Every yoke of busyness. Just like Pharaoh kept the Israelites busy by not providing straw. Help us rise above that Pharaoh in our life as well, Lord.
in every yoke of any kind of compulsive behaviors, mental disorders as well, any kind of addictions. We declare these be broken by the precious blood of Jesus. Let there be a release of your anointing, Father, to touch these lives that we now raise up in prayer. That every such yoke is broken away and they do not ever return to that habit anymore, to that limitation anymore. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved, those that have not yet received the gift of salvation. Quicken them, Lord, that they might call on your name. And we know that everyone that calls on your name shall not return back in shame, but shall be delivered. And that is what today's reflection was all about as well. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our prayer and our faith, making it a prayer of agreement with each other, one in the spirit with your Holy Spirit, who also prays for us. That prayer made under an open heaven in the spirit can and will only come back as an answered prayer. Lord, we believe that we have already received that manifest outcome. And we now release our faith as we pray in the spirit. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, raise your tongue, unmute your mic, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Start with one syllable. Start with la, 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 la. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yanda 
Mantos Shadakia, <laughs> <laughs> 
In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Scripture that's been put on my heart today is from Galatians 1, verse 10. Am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still pleasing people, I should not be a servant of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat as well. This is from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, quoted from the Amplified Bible, where it is written, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections, Brother Savio's reflections that he shares on all our channels, including social media channels, as well as the Friday Bible study and the daily rosary and divine mercy sessions. All of these are recorded live and stored on our YouTube channel. They're posted on our Facebook page, also available on our uh, podcast channel on Spotify and other channels as well. Please share those with family and friends and invite them to join this prayer group if it is blessing you. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, it does in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God, God bless, bless everyone. everyone.